Today, the title of my message is, is what? The, the, the end, the end and the beginning. So it's the end of the year. How many, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you can say this was a really good year for you? Prosperous, overcoming year. Amen. Overcoming year, advancing year. Praise God. But like I said earlier, this is a time for new. It's a time for a new year, 2015. And you know, God, God's not on a 12-month calendar. A day is 1,000 years to God. I mean, he's not, he's not about 24 hours. He doesn't, at 12 midnight, heaven doesn't freak out and go, man, we've got to hurry up and make sure that the next day is ready. Actually, tomorrow's already created. So is the next day, so is next week, and next month, and next year, and 15 years from now, and 100 years from now. It's already done. Everything's already done. So every morning that you wake up, the Bible says that the mercy and the grace of God are waiting for you every morning. There they are. They're waiting. You open your eyes and they're going, hello, we're ready to go. Hello, it's time to get moving. His mercy and his grace are there for you every day. And so what, what does that mean? What's, what's the mercy and the grace going to do for you every morning? If you wake up and condemnation is filling your head, you can know that you've been forgiven by the grace of God. Amen? That you've been empowered to overcome situations that would try to tear you down and pull you down because of the grace of God. It's waiting for you every day, every morning. So there's really, in 2015, there's really no excuse to have anything but 364 days of the fulfillment of God and the power of God and the joy of the Lord, and happiness, and fulfillment, and empowerment, and all those different things. Nothing else. It doesn't say that there won't be difficulties and things trying to attack you, but we don't have to choose to receive those things. We can choose through the empowerment that has been given us, through the grace and the mercy of God that has been given to us, to overcome and have an attitude of victory and, and, and living on top and being on top and not underneath situations every single day. No matter what comes our way, we don't have to succumb and give in to that. Amen? And so, I'm just going to give you a couple things today. Just a couple of points today that I believe will create an amazing and awesome year if you'll put these to work and you'll apply these and, and be aware of this every day. Something that I think is vital for this coming year. And this is a year, as I said to you earlier, it's a year of understanding how to go to the highways and byways and to help see people brought into the kingdom of God. Before you were created to do anything else, you were created for the purpose and the plan of God. And the purpose and plan of God is to reconcile men back to God. To get people to once again think according to the, the nature of God and how God thinks and operates. We want to know what God's attitude and his feelings and his and, and, and his perspective on everything that we face, we want to know what those things are, and we want to live and operate in that. But then we want to help other people to understand the same thing. 
So however much that you have, however far along that you have come in your walk with God, the purpose for you to think more like God is to help other people think like God. That's what we're here for. And so the next few weeks leading up to our Vision Sunday, we're going to talk and define what the highways and the byways represent. Amen? So I want to give you just a little nugget of some truth along this path. And we're going to look at Matthew 7, and we're going to look at Luke 11. Matthew 7. We're going to look at Matthew 7, Matthew 6, and Luke 11. Matthew 7. And we're going to start with verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, and look a plank is in your own eye? Um, the Amplified gives a couple of different words there that are better, I think. Talking about what's in your brother's eye is a particle, and what's in your eye is a timber. Think of a big old tree sticking out of your eye, and there's just a little piece of dirt, you know, in your brother's eye. And um, there's something about this passage that's really important to understand, and all, all I'm going to do is the rest of this message today is just break down what this looks like. Because if your perspective of God is that he's a mean guru and, and you know, that he's just looking for an opportunity to drop kick you out of a situation, then you, you hear a passage of scripture like that and, and, and you turn it off, you know, Judge not, lest you be judged. No, he's really saying just don't judge people based on where you're weak. This is what he's saying. So, so often what happens is we find ourselves passing judgment on other people's lives based on areas that we're weak and that we have difficulty in. See, the, the problem with that is that the more you judge other people for, for what appears to be weak in their life, the easier and more comfortable it makes you feel. And what happens is you become comfortable in your disobedience or your sin. If you want to, you can call it whatever you want to. It's just things that you've not worked out within yourself. So we, what happens is we'll become comfortable with what we've not done with God by judging other people and passing judgment and making it look like that they're, what they're doing is really horrible, especially especially when we say, you know, let me tell you about old Josh. This is what I saw him do the other day, and I just flat out can't believe what he did. So all of a sudden, what I'm doing is, I'm talking and building up this situation, and my focus is over here so that 
the focus isn't on me. And, 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 and he's, he's trying to show us something in this passage of Scripture that, that, I, that I want us to see. And, and th- there's an account of it here, and then I want to read the account in Matthew, uh, in, in Luke 11. So he's saying, so first remove what's in your eyes so you can see clearly how to view other people. And, and, and I, made, I'm, I made this statement, or I wrote this down. Challenge yourself this, year, this coming year to judge yourself so that you can see other people correctly. So if, if I will judge myself, then what's going to happen is I'm, when I look at other people, and, and I tell you where you have to start this, you have to start this with the people that are closest to you. Because <laughs> if you don't, then you'll start, you, you'll do it with people that aren't close to you and that, that you, know, you don't know everything about their life and you think you're doing this, but you're really not. It's the, it starts with the people closest to you and then you work out. Okay, I'm going to say it over here. It starts with the people that are closest to you, and then it works away from them. Okay? Because then, then what happens is you're able to see them the way God sees them. And I'll just tell you right now, if, if certain things came on you that you judged other people about, You wouldn't like it. See, God sees people through the mercy and the grace. God sees people through the forgiveness that was paid for through the blood of Jesus. That's how he sees people. And what we do is we judge people, humanity judges people in the most part, judges people based on their actions instead of looking past their actions and really understanding their heart. See, because God's all about the heart. He's always been. Every example that you ever see in Scripture, God was always about the heart of the person, not about their acts. And God set it up for you and I that we would be set free of wrong acts and doing things wrong through the blood of Jesus. He set it up. We're in a win-win situation if, if, we deal with our own heart and judge ourselves and have compassion for people. That's the key to it. And now, see, in, in this passage of Scripture, he gives us the weapons to be able to do that. He shows us how to do that. He said, well, in, in that fifth verse, you hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. To go... Just, if you're in a, in a Bible, turn back a page to chapter 6 and look at what verse 22 says. He said, get rid of the speck from your eye, then you'll see clearly to help remove what's in your brother's eye. Okay? Or your wife or your husband or your parents or your in-laws or this person or that person or whoever it would be. I'm talking about the people closest to you out. Verse 22 of Matthew 6. The lamp of the body is the eye. 
If therefore your eye is good, then your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, then the question is how great, or the Amplified says, how deep is the darkness? So all that's really saying, and how that connects with the passage we just read in Matthew 7, is that if there's stuff in you that needs to be worked out, and I'll just, I'll just help answer that question, there is stuff in you that needs to be worked out today, and me. When I say you, I'm saying you and me. There are things that need to be worked out in you and me that we, don't, we know nothing of, but the Holy Spirit does. The Apostle Paul said, I don't even judge myself by myself. I judge myself by what the Holy Spirit is saying to me. So what he's trying to do is get us into a relationship with God to where we can hear the voice of God and he tells us and reveals things to us about ourselves so that we're light on everybody else. We're forgiving on everybody else. We're not hammering about everybody else. We're not after everybody else. You ever had anybody put something on social media about you that you didn't like? And, and, and before you thought about it, your hands took over the keyboard and, man, you were, or your phone, and, man, you're just going at it and you're telling them how, poo, hit that send button. And then all of a sudden, the whole world or everybody that's connected to you and then, uh, you know, a thousand other people that you don't know anything about that are spying on you just saw what you put up. And now all of a sudden... What's happened is, or what's been revealed, is this. What's been revealed to you is what you need to be working on. You need to be working on your responses to what other people say and do. That's what Jesus did. He was the perfect example of how to do that. The Bible says that he endured the cross because of the love for you and me. For humanity, he endured the cross and he despised all the shame and all the stuff and the reproach and everything and able to come to our empowerment and aid so we could understand what we don't see about ourselves. See, when you forgive other people and you don't judge other people based on what they do, what's happening is something is going into motion to help them begin to think about their actions. Because the moment... A person doesn't get a response to something that is done and said. The moment they don't get a response, the Holy Ghost has an opportunity to work on their hearts. That's what you and I are doing. We're setting that up. So every time that somebody in, around you and in your world does something that wants to stir you up, and you've, uh, you're sitting and listening to me today, and you can think, well, you know, I've been stirred up for a while because of what this person has done. I'm talking about the people closest to you. All I'm saying and challenging you about is, you know what, begin to just kind of zip your mouth in this coming year and hold back and begin to show, ask the Holy Spirit to show you things that you need to see about yourself. And see, that seems backwards because if you're seeing someone do something, it should be apparent that that thing needs to change. And the more you judge it and put your mouth on it based on what you see, you're not helping their heart get set free. 
So, we'll come back to Matthew 7, but go to Luke 11. And we'll start with verse 1. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, Jesus was, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you know, the thing about this, and in, in, in the literal, it says, pray like this. This wasn't just a, this was a model type prayer of things that we were to glean from this prayer and from this standard of how to pray and apply them to our life. This wasn't just something we were to recite all the time, and this is all we were supposed to pray. And there are people that think that, and that's okay. There's not hurting them, you know. I'm just saying it was more of a model that we were to learn from in, in how, to, how to apply these certain principles to what we pray. Because, see, what are we talking about? We're talking about not judging others, but believing God for other people and thinking the best of them. So the best thing you can do for people is pray for them. And how do we pray? Well, why not take what Jesus said? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. In other words, judge ourselves. For we also, in other words, so that we can forgive everyone who is indebted to us or done us wrong. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That was the model. Notice, notice the whole setup in that prayer was God in other words, turn toward yourself. Father, forgive me for things that I've done so that I'm empowered to forgive other people. That's what he was saying. So then he goes in this passage, and you can just read verses 5 through 8, but I'm going to go from that prayer to how we're to take the model of these first few verses in chapter 11 and apply it starting with verse 9. And I'm going to read verse 9 through 13 in the Amplified. And what you hear me when I say, as I'm reading this, I, I don't know if they'll have it on the board or not in the Amplified, but just, just watch or, or listen to it if they don't. So I say to you, ask and keep on asking, and it shall be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door shall be opened to you. I'm going to read it again. Ask and do what? Keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking, and the things will come. And what he's saying here is this. Don't just ask something one time. 
Don't just pray for somebody one time that has irritated and agitated your life. But keep on doing it and keep on doing it and keep on doing it and keep on forgiving throughout the whole year. What if you, what if you built something where, where it would apply to you, whether in, you know, in an iPad or a computer or you built something, you painted something on your wall and it's the calendar of the whole year. And what if you, this year in 2015, starting this year out, you begin to put an X on the day. At the end of the day, causing yourself to be aware of the fact that in the day you were forgiving people that irritated you. That you are not letting things get the best of your life through other people. Because listen, man, stuff happens. They got bumper stickers, bumper stickers that say something else on the bumper, you know. But I'm just, we're in church, so I'll just say stuff happens, you know. Stuff happens all the time, every day. And things come against us all the time. And, and it's, it's what the bumper sticker says. It's better than what I'm saying. You know, I mean, it just happens. And you can say, oh, you know, you shouldn't say, no, I'm, I'm saying it. I'm not saying it, but I'm saying it. It just happens, you know, and there's no better word. It just happens. Stuff happens all the time. Things happen all the time, every day. But what if at the end of the day, because you were aware of the things that happened and maybe you gave into it, but you repented. Remember, what's the prayer? Father, forgive me for where I've missed it today. See, that, that, that's not pressure. That's liberty. It's not pressure to think, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to ask God to forgive me. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you can put an X on the day and say, you know what? I was just aware of this and I'm getting better today than I was yesterday, but tomorrow's going to be even better. What if you did that every day, 365 days, for 12 straight months? Hmm? You realize it's only 362 days till Christmas. Right? So we're just going to leave all the trees up. It's not long. <laughs> we're going to leave the mailbox, the Santa mailbox in the, in the lobby out there. And we'll just leave the lights on the building. It's only 362 days until Christmas. Surely, for 362 days, we can be challenged... to think good of people and to keep asking God and to keep seeking God and to keep knocking on the door and keep doing it and keep doing it and stay with it and don't quit. The Bible says the only people that don't reap are the ones that quit. So just don't quit. Just keep doing it. What can happen if your heart is not all bottled up with strife, division, bitterness, unforgiveness, and frustration in a day because of what other people do? See, if we lived on a deserted island, we wouldn't have these troubles. But the fact that there's more than one person around you, there's where the issues are. So it takes faith and confidence in God that we can overcome this, but he's given us the tools, he's given us the empowerment, and he said, listen, just work on it every day. Learn not to judge other people and put your mouth on other people based on things that are weak in you. And what happens is you get to the point where you don't have to say anything bad about people. Nothing. <laughs> they can do something stupid and you can just smile. And you have to go tell someone else what they did and call somebody on the phone. And, you know, you know somebody, I was going to do, do this. <laughs> call somebody on the phone, you know. You don't have to, we don't have to do any of those kind of things. 
We can love people. I mean, just be so engulfed with the love of God and the forgiveness of God and the empowerment of God and doing what God says. And look at the end of this. For everyone who asks, in verse 10, and keeps on asking, receives. He who seeks and keeps on seeking, finds. To him who knocks and keeps on knocking, the door shall be opened. I love these next three verses. For what father among you, if his son asks him for a loaf of bread, will give him a stone? I mean, come on, that's a given. Even the worst father on the planet. Daddy, I need a piece of bread. I'll eat this rock. Right? Or if he asks him for a fish, we'll give him, we'll instead of a fish, give him a snake. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. Come on. Right? For if you then, evil as you are, in other words, in in the light of God, know how to give good gifts, gifts that are to their advantage to your children, how much more? Say it with me. How much more? Come on, say it again. How much more? Come on, say it real loud. How much more? Come on again. How much more? We know how to give good gifts. We just came out of the gift season. You know, you, you want to give gifts to your kids. I don't care how old they are. You want to give things to your children. But how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and continue to ask Him? See, because the Holy Spirit is the key to everything else we need. The Holy Spirit's the key to silver and gold. We don't have to seek silver and gold. We seek the Holy Ghost. And if you ask him, and you ask him about the things you need to know on a day-to-day basis, and you ask him how to be empowered to forgive somebody that's done you wrong. Listen, don't for a second think that people that have done you wrong or people that have done things and said things that are not right, it doesn't mean that they're right. See, but what makes it worse is when you allow what they do and say to affect your world and your life because you don't have to let them affect you. And your world doesn't have to be disrupted and, uh, uh, and turned upside down because of what other people do. We think, we, we've, caught, we've bought the lie that it's their fault and I'm the way I am because of them. We bought that lie, and it's a lie. And it doesn't mean that people haven't been hurt. I mean, many of us sitting here today have been hurt by other people or situations or, or whatever it is. That there's, there's hurt in our hearts you know, from and towards other people and, and, and things that have come to us from other people. And it's not like God put his stamp of approval on what they did in your life. But I'm telling you, today God is here to deliver you and liberate your life and get you free from being controlled by what they think. And those who ask and seek concerning the Holy Ghost, God will give so you can hear his voice and not listen to all those other voices trying to contaminate your life and take you down and keep you frustrated and controlled. So what about it? Can we spend the 364 days in 2015 with a mental calendar in our minds or that we put before us and begin to mark off every day? You know what? I'm better today than I was yesterday, and I'm getting better tomorrow. All year long. I'm better at forgiving. I'm better at not holding grudges. I'm better at not being moved by what people think. I'm better at not judging people based on my weaknesses. I'm better at this, this, and this. And the better I get, the stronger I get within, it helps to make other people strong. Because remember, 
And I, I really believe this. When you are not moved by what someone else does to you, in that moment, your lack of response opens the door to deliverance in their life. And it's a supernatural thing. I, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times, even in the last couple of years, where I've been in situations where people closest to me, where my responses begin to change. And I could see change in them in a short period of time because they'd come back to me. I've had a number of different family members say to me, you know what, I shouldn't have said that. Or I did this or I did that thing or whatever it was. I've had people come to me and say things to me. But it was, I, I believe it began when I chose not to respond to the things that they did. That's where we get liberated and free. And that's where the power of God begins to overtake a situation. And I tell you what, situations just begin to change. Can you say amen to that? I, I'm, go back and let's just finish with Matthew 7 and I'm done with this. And it's the same, uh, starting from verse 7, it's the same thing that we just read in uh, Luke 11, except for the 12th verse. Um. The end of verse 11 says, uh, how much more, as we just read, will the Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Verse 12, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Whatever you want people to do to you, you take the first step and do that to them, and then people do it to you. Well, when they change... Bless God, when they change that freaking attitude that they have and that ugly look on their face and that, yeah, then I'll change. No, no. The way you want people to treat you, you take the first initiative, treat them that way, and then God never forgets a seed zone. Comes back to you. Let me just back it up with this verse, just listen. Pastor, I thought you said that was the last one. I did. Sorry. You can write this down. Ephesians 6, 8. Knowing that whatsoever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether it be slave or free. Ephesians 6, 8. Knowing that whatever good you do to someone else, the God will make sure it gets back to you. I don't know about you, but that just says to me, I'm going to be busy all 2015 taking the first initiative to do good to other people instead of waiting for them to line their little hineys up. Come on, get in line so I don't have to be moved by you. You're going to be moved all year even worse. We don't have to be like that. We're free. We're liberated. Mercy and grace are new to us every morning. They're waiting for us every morning to empower us to be able to make right choices and do the right thing and not be moved by how we feel. Can you say amen to that? Heavenly Father, we just so grateful for this day and this season, this Christmas season where we're celebrating not just the birth of Jesus, but everything that the birth represented. His whole life, his whole ministry, what he what he chose to choose in dying for us and, 
and, and being raised on our behalf and ascending at the right hand, Father, your right hand, so that all authority and dominion and power would now be given back to us so that we could live in this life, not moved by the things that we see, but moved only by the voice of the Spirit, the Spirit revealing things. And we purpose this year to continue to ask and keep on asking so that the Holy Spirit reveals to us the things we need to know and be empowered to overcome the situations that we're confronted with and that all year long, day after day after day after day, we're getting better and getting better and choosing to get better the next day and the next day by not being moved and allowing unforgiveness or anything to have a wedge in our lives. We're liberated, we're free. We're people that not move by what we see but only by what we know. Today we give you all the praise and all the glory. And everybody said amen, amen. and amen. Everybody